Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Interesting. And scourged him three words for a nearly fatal beating of someone. The soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put him on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, that you help me this morning as I speak. I am nothing. You are everything. May your word be preeminent. Thank you for our visitors today. Pray that you'd bless them. Thank you for Larry taking his stand in the waters of baptism in a few moments. Most of all, I pray that your word would be preeminent and that it would go forth with power. Lord, I am nothing. Forgive me of sin into me of self. And please, may I be filled with your spirit this very morning with those teaching downstairs. Lord, I pray that all that we do and say we bring honor to you. Lord, we worship you today. Not out of uh, robotism or out of compulsion, but we do it out of voluntary. We choose of our own free will to worship you today. So Lord, may we be about that today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In the previous chapter, in chapter chapter 18, verse 39, you read what came before these events. Pilate says he finds no fault at all in him in 38 and 39, and you have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And they, and they cried they again, all again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Interesting that Pilate, we've talked about last time, he might have been in collusion with those religious leaders. They may have had a, a pact together. We'll bring Jesus if you'll crucify him. Oh yes. How did Pilate's wife know that he was even being tried? How did Pilate even, why are they so angry about that? Why are they so angry at, at the religious leaders because of this? Because he may not be keeping his bargain. And perhaps Pilate saw in Christ the innocent one. And so they are not very happy with Pilate at all, as we see in our text. Perhaps they saw in Barabbas a, someone who's fighting against the system. Perhaps they saw in Barabbas someone who fought against Rome and they hated Rome so much. I'd rather have Barabbas than Jesus. I mean, my goodness, at the end of our passage, they chose G Caesar over Jesus. It's not surprising they're going to choose Barabbas over Jesus. We find that Pilate is in a bad way. It's interesting. There's no clear extra-biblical record of, this, of the governor releasing one at Passover. However, the Bible says that that's all we need is the biblical record of it. There's, and so the, the gospel record says that's what they did. And so they did. We have a choice between a very perfect one and a very bad one. And they chose a very, a very bad choice on many fronts. But it was what God designed. God, had, God knew all this along and he had designed that Christ would go to the cross for you and for me. So we see three things, persecution, condemnation, preparation. First of all, we see the persecution. And really this section adds to Pilate's shame. He comes back into the praetorium. Uh, he's still undecided. He was hoping at the end of 18, they would say, oh, release unto us Jesus, we were mistaken. He's just an innocent man. He doesn't know what he's saying. Let's release Jesus. No. Remember, they had crucified Jesus in their mind before he ever went to Pilate. They were determined Jesus is going to die. Caiaphas had said himself, the high priest. We see then the scourging. Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Three words for horrendous agony. He was, he was, the victim was strapped to a post. 
took a whip, the cat of nine tails, and brought across his back. The first time knocked the breath out of the person's body. The second time started stripping the, the flesh from the bone. Sometimes there were insides that fall out. Sometimes they never even survived the scourging period. That's what Jesus went through for us. Sometimes they remain for life. I read that this week and I was and I never thought about that. But Greg, can you imagine the, the, the punishment? It's interesting just listening this week about how oh, that mankind is so good we're going to progress to get better and better. What kind of mankind devises scourging and crucifixion? I mean, we should be doing a humane way. Yes, there are people who need to be taken capital punishment rest before that. I'm for that. But this kind of punishment. Had he pronounced him guilty? Had Jesus said, this is the most heinous character I've ever seen in my life, this Jesus of Nazareth. He's done so many terrible things. We need to get rid of Is that what he had said? I find in him, 38, eight, no fault at all. No fault at all. And you're being, scourging him. How, how just is that? It's not. Pilate is plagued with injustice. We find that he was innocent. But after this, Jesus still talked. He still, still treated his persecutors with dignity. He still went to the cross. He still forgave mankind from the cross after the crowning of thorns, after the scourging, after the robe comes back off, after being nailed to the cross. He still does all those things. I tell you, he was a man among men. Really gets my ire when people portray him as some kind of sissy person. Mm, I just want to say, you do, okay, you do all these things, and let me see how you do. See how you do. Our Jesus was a man among men. Also the Son of God. We'll put that in there as well. But he was the God man. Not only was he spiritually perfect, his body must have been a very strong body as well. So the scourging, then there was the scoffing in 2 and 3. The soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and they put on a purple robe and they said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. So we see how Jesus was attired. Something very entertaining. Well, I just remember there's a robe laying around somewhere and so we're going to, uh, it's purple in color, let's, let's put that on him. Can you imagine when they took that robe back off to go to Calvary? All the blood that congealed on that robe and you strip it back off? Let's get, oh, I remember, there's some thorns outside that they palm us. Let's roll those into a, a crown and we'll put it on his head. Why? Because they hated the Jews so much and the Jews hated the Romans so much and we're going we're gonna to show them their king. Crown of thorns. A purple garment, king of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. According to Warren Wearsby, this verb tense is repeated. Over and over and over. Can you imagine striking God? We talked about that last time. There's going to be a soldier who struck Jesus in the last text we went through. Can you imagine these soldiers when they stand before God, eternal, most likely the great white throne judgment, unless they responded positively through some gospel message of the disciples, the very one who could save them, they smoked. Pastor, that's terrible. How many in America are going to go to church this Sunday or neglect church completely? And they may not have smitten him with their bare hands, but by their actions and by their lives, they could care less about God. Care less about God. How he was attired, how he was attacked. They beat him. Still he stood there, turning the other cheek, and let them pound his face. 
Isaiah said, his visage was so marred more than any other man or more than any man. You've seen people portray Christ. You cannot, as an actor, portray Christ adequately, ever, never, ever, unless you die or you're, you're maimed for life. You can't do it. So that's why I shy away from that. Although, it, because maybe I don't have the stomach for it. Maybe we don't have the stomach for it. I'm not, it is, we are to be sympathetic for all that Christ went through, absolutely. But it should be more than just sympathy. It should be more than just empathy. It should make us then go out and serve Him. I told Charlie in Sunday school today, I said, Charlie, if you and I spent five minutes in hell this morning, we would be so about the rest of our lives. Listen, don't go there. I've been there. It's awful. It's absolutely horrible. We haven't been there. I haven't been to Tokyo, Japan. I believe it's there. I haven't been to hell either, but I believe it's just as real because the Bible speaks of that. I said, Charlie, all we're going to learn today, the Bible's our groundwork. This is our foundation. Everything we learn today must be built upon this. There's the scoffing, how he's attired, how he's attacked. And that's the persecution. Second is the condemnation. This is the final condemnation of Pilate recorded by John. First, he's rejected as the son of man. Pilate is fighting a losing battle. Pilate is trying to carry water on both shoulders. He wants to please Caesar. He doesn't want to get in trouble with the Jews. Everybody in the entire Roman... uh, Civil government knows the Jews are extremely hard to get along with. And they, hate, uh, they, they mostly like were hated by everyone. Nothing has really changed. Are the Jews, I think, like we mentioned last time, only America pretty much is really on board. Are there who are okay with the Jews? Only America has really been, I think, for the Jewish nation of late, last several decades. People want to annihilate. If you looked at the map when Al-Badinejad was the uh, leader of Iran, you look on a map, probably still today, Israel's not even on their map. Because they, they hate him that much. There's a declaration of innocence and four Pilate therefore went forth and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then why did you scourge him? If you find no fault, then why did you punish him like that? Injustice, for sure. So a declaration of complete innocence, a demonstration of cowardly injustice. Verse 5, And then came Jesus forth wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. I imagine that this sight of a scourged, beaten, hardly under, unrecognizable person might elicit some sympathy. Would it, would it maybe? Would it not in you? It would. I see animals that are uh, been so neglected, etc. We 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 live sympathy. We should be so praying every day. The children of our own country pray about that we would get could repent of this scourge of abortion in our land. It should so move us to tears. Action. So we hope perhaps that they would see him as so mistreated, and they would say, "Okay, let him go." He was mistaken again. You see, what happened was the sight of that crown of thorns and a purple robe. To think this Jesus of Nazareth, now this is the thinking of Caiaphas and his cronies, Jesus of Nazareth is, is our Messiah. Ooh, can you imagine how mad they got even? We're not going to have this Jesus as our leader. I mean, he's, we want a leader who's handsome and debonair and strong and, and is going to overthrow the Rome. And really, we want, we want the rock. We want Dwayne Johnson to be our Messiah so he can come in and beat up everybody. 
Sorry, Mr. Johnson, wherever you are today. That's what they're looking, they're looking on a white stallion. So they come in, Rome is out. Oh, Pastor, where'd you get that one? 70 AD, they fight against Rome. About a million Jews live their lives. 135 AD, they fight again and they lose again. They so much hated the Roman Empire. Matter of fact, they hate anybody over them. Their messianic aspirations, just Jesus, the Messiah, I think not, was their mindset. At this point, Pipe makes a statement that has become really very famous. Ece homo. Behold the man. And by the way, Jesus was man as God intended man to be. Man inhabited by God. Perfect. We said this morning, behold the Lamb. We, we, we on this side of Calvary, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He hasn't been crucified yet. We don't, they don't have all the symbolism. They don't have all the Gospels. They don't have all the New Testament. They don't understand all that we, this side, do. We are more responsible to whom much is given, much is required. They didn't know it. We know it now. You've heard the Gospel. You're going to hear it today. And you are responsible from this moment on. If this is the very first time you've ever heard the Gospel, you need to receive Christ as personal Savior. I'm telling you, you do. You're if you understand that, then you're responsible to respond. Crucify him. That was their response. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, let him go. Let him go. He's been so much. No, let's crucify him. Verse 6. And when his chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. Pilate said unto him, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And there's a problem right there. Because if they've already been working together, if we'll bring in Pilate, you've got to crucify him because we can't. We're going to work together. Okay, I'll do that. And here's, here's a bag of gold. I'm, I'm, just, I'm getting, just guessing on all that part. But why were they so mad? Pilate says, no, you take him. You crucify him because I don't want any part of that. So he's trying to keep himself free from the, and, and keep the Jews happy. But this side, he's, uh, he's, well, doesn't like Caesar angry and he wants to keep his job and he wants to make his wife happy. His wife's going to tell him, have no part with this man. So he's struggling to balance it all. They can crucify him. What a shift. He's trying to say, listen, responsibility is from me to you. He cannot do it. He admits it later on. Do you not know that I had the power, what, to crucify you and the power to release you? Well, you just, you just doomed your own self. It was his choice. He made it. By the way, emotionalism... We should, feel, we, should be, we should be cut to the heart to see all that Christ went through for us. They even bring us to tears this morning. But that's just the beginning. I like what one man says. If emotion alone saved, there is no hope if these did not pity Christ. We know it's not just emotion. The cross is much more than innocent suffering. Leon Moore says, if Christ was not actually doing something by his death, then we are confronted with a piece of showmanship and nothing more. But he was. It is one thing to shed tears during a church service and quite something else to sacrifice, suffer, and serve after the meeting's over. We are to be doing something because of what Christ has done for us. It should move us to tears, yes, even now, yes, possibly, yes, but it should this week and this life that God's given you to serve. Take up your what and follow Him? Cross. It's not sit in the church service and feel empathy, which we should be. Uh, as you read, you, can, you, cannot, you cannot study a text like this without, wow, 
He did that for me. Did that for me. We see then how fear was instilled in Pilate, verse 7. We have a law by our law that he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. And when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was more afraid. It's interesting you want to hold your place there. I'm reading from Matthew 27, verse 19 only. Matthew 27, 19. What also may have made him afraid, 27, 19. And when he was set down on the judgment seat, we have it here in our text in John 19, Matthew 27, 19. His wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Pilate is not without the witness of Jesus alone should have he should have responded to. Then you have his innocency. Then he had his how he responded. Then his wife said, "Don't ever." He said himself, "There's no fault." Pilate has a choice. Sudden discovery. Well, wait, Jesus did no such thing. It says in his text, <clears throat> he made himself. Verse seven, back in nineteen seven, because he made himself the son of God. He didn't do that. He didn't make himself. He was the son of God. Wasn't like he pretended to be something or he was and is and always forever will be the Son of God, God Himself, God of God. One of the God man. The Jews had no doubt that Jesus claimed to be God, God's Son in absolute and total sense. They now unloaded that piece of information on Pilate, and that's why there's such dread in Pilate. He was more afraid, verse 9, and went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. If the Jews thought the charge of blasphemy was going to secure their death sentence, they were wrong as well. Pilate was not so much interested in the religious reelings or the reasons for their wanting Christ crucified, but now you talk about political, and I don't want to hear about that. If he's really the king of the Jews, because I don't want the emperor to be on the bad side of the emperor. He's worked too hard. You had to be 27 years old to be a, a governor and you had to have done things for the emperor for him to place you in such a position of authority. He did not want to lose that. But never had a man looked so clearly into his heart with such, such love. Can you imagine you and I going through what Jesus did in this text? How would he respond? I would have probably died at the first whip. I probably, the first whip that hit my back, I probably would have given up the ghost and passed out from the pain. I, I'm such a wimpo. He not only went through the entire scourging, the crown of thorns, the, the, the robe, the beating, the hitting. It doesn't say in the Gospels that his beard was plucked out, but in the Old Testament it does say that. All that. He went through Marred beyond human recognition. How do you even know that that's a, hardly even a man anymore? So Pilate goes back, hears back, asks the question, verse 9, Whence art thou? Jesus gave him no answer. You talk about making him uncomfortable. The silent, we get the silent treatment. But what is Jesus going to say to Pilate about being God? Pilate has no real understanding of who God is. He has the, the, the mist of the Olympiad or uh, of, of the gods of the Olympiad, of Roman gods, etc. He doesn't know who Christ really is. So he didn't answer and go into all of that. 
So how fear was instilled in the pilot, how fear was intensified. Verse 10, the dignity of the man. And Pilate said unto him, Speakest thou not, knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, I could have had no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. There was a bullying claim. I have the power. By the way, can we? what's the Bible say? All civil power is given to them by God. So, emperor has his power allowed by God, and Pilate has his power allowed by God. God's still in control. They are under God, and they are supposed to be for good for mankind. Not only was there a bullying claim, but his bluff was called in 11. Human government's been established, ordained by God, the civil authority. They don't bear the sword in vain. By the way, we need human government. We need law and order. We need those, and, and praise the Lord for our, our, our first responders, for those who are the, the policemen, the state police, the deputy, all those who are standing in harm's way for us. I'm glad we have them. Now, I do hear where I live, I don't know if it's like a, a racetrack or something, but out in 23, when you go past the crispy cone heading toward Ashland, there's a long straight stretch there. And I'm telling you, there's some motorcycles. I know that I must be doing like a hundred. I, I can just, I know what it, when it's wound up. And I don't want to be a policeman. I have to try to stop those things. But I'm thankful for them. I really am. Even if I get pulled over for speeding, they're just doing their job. They're keeping us civilly governed. His bluff has been called. You don't have any power except it come to you from above. Now we find that at the end of that, a very telling statement, Randy 11, Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath a greater sin. A greater sin than Pilate? Who, Pilate's been so horrendous. Someone has a greater sin. The Greek indicates one person, undoubtedly, I believe, wicked high priest Caiaphas. The word delivered is paradidomai. It recurs 15 times in the Gospels. Nine times it is translated betray in connection with the sin of Judas. So the one who betrayed Christ to be crucified, Judas, and this person also, the same word is used of this person who is a greater sin, Caiaphas. And the sight of God, which was greater than a civil authority under Roman government didn't make a mistake, or the high priest of the Jewish people. They have been crucified. The highest and holiest functions in Bible times, the only person in all of Israel that could go into the presence of God was the high priest, and only once a year on the Day of Atonement, into the holy, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, went in twice. One time a year, one person in all of Israel. And this is the one person representative today in the era of Jesus' life. And he's crooked as a dog's hind leg. I'm sure not all dogs have crooked hind legs, but the one that's really crooked, that's how he's crooked is that one. He was terrible. I would not want to be in his sandals when we stand before God. The dignity of the man, the demand of the mob under this condemnation. And henceforth, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, verse 12, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whoa, now they're pulling out their trump card. Listen, if you try to get away with it, you're not Caesar's friend. We don't care so much about being our friend or not, but you're not Caesar's friend because no king, we cannot abide anybody taking over for Caesar. 
Judas sold him out for money. Caiaphas sold him out for religious prejudice. And Pilate sold him out in order to hang on to his job. People sell Jesus out every day in America. Making agreements with this or that. Or we call it selling their soul. They decide they want more of the world. Than they, and they don't really want God. A bad choice. One's temporary. One will be for eternity. Have you sold Christ for worldly gain? It may not be... You may not go to, you may still be going to heaven. But I wonder how many Christians have just sort of become nominal in their Christian book. Mm, might come to church sometimes. I'm here on Sunday morning, Pastor. Why are you talking to me? What about the rest of the week? Are you having daily quiet time? Praying? Persecution, condemnation, and briefly, preparation. Starting about verse 13, Christ is rejected and also as the son of David, son of man, son of God, now son of David. The climax of the trial, verse 13. If you're still with me there, verse 13. And when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in that place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. The judgment seat, we're familiar with that as Christians. We're going to stand before the Bema seat, the judgment seat ourselves. What we did for God, how we served Him or didn't serve Him, not to be cast into hell. But to receive rewards or loss of rewards, the judgment seat of Christ, you'll find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Romans, can't remember the exact address, Romans. The pavement was, the word means actually strewn with stone. It was, I believe, about a 3,000 square yard place, a courtyard of the fortress there in Jerusalem. So the climax of the trial is here. The crux of the trial is verse 14. It was the preparation of Passover about the sixth hour and with, un, went unto or saith unto the Jews behold your king. What the accuracy John goes through the sixth hour. It was in the Hebrew mindset midnight but most likely I believe the Roman time frame six o'clock in the morning. Christ has been up. We didn't talk about that. He's been in the garden. He's been assisting from chapter 13 of John. We're still starting chapter 13. It's the very same night. We've been at 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and now we're 19, the very same day yet. And he's been through the Last Supper. He has been traitorized. He's had the most significant spiritual battle in the garden of Gethsemane. Survived that. Sweat his great drops of blood. He still went up. He's been captured. He's been taken here, there, walked and trampled everywhere and all these things. And still before six total trials before he goes to the cross. He's still awake. Still responding in love. Preparation day. The Gospels are all clear on that. Whether you believe in a Friday crucifixion, a Thursday crucifixion, or a Wednesday crucifixion, this is the preparation for that. Pilate seated himself, the Bema seat. He's going to make adjudicate what's going to happen. Here Christ stands, face beaten, beard plucked out, at least portions anyway, his crown with thorns, his back is bleeding, covered by a purple robe. He's been bullied by Sanhedrin, abused by the police. He's been marched here, marched there, everywhere across the city. He was exhausted, racked in pain, pointed to him. And we can just imagine a sneer in verse 15. Verse 14. Behold, Jews, behold your king. Just a little political dig. Behold, Jews, oh, if you and I had been Jesus, which we're not even thinking, I would have. Every person within 50 miles, 
Every, I've been on all your bad person in 50 miles. Seeing that miracle, everybody would have believed. No, no. It's by grace through faith in the shed blood of Christ on the cross. He did miracles for three years. How many people still rejected him? The religious rulers, they could not go against his. Everybody knew he did miracles. Everybody, matter of fact, Paul says to Agrippa in 26 of Acts, this was not done in a corner. Everybody knows the tomb is empty. Back in fact, Acts doesn't even talk about the empty tomb because it was such a known... Everybody knows that. And Agrippa, after hearing that, remember what Agrippa says? Almost. Thou persuadest me to be a Christian. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to sit in churches just like this one. And they're going to stand before God one day. And they're going to think back, man, that pastor, that pastor, whatever it was, across whatever... He, he preached the Word of God and, and, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart. And I knew what I was supposed to do, but I didn't do it. I was, I was like, almost I went forward. Almost I trusted. And he didn't. And you're going to spend eternity apart from Christ. A place called hell. Just as real as heaven. Jesus spoke twice as much about hell day to heaven. You can imagine when he says, Behold the King, their minds go back to Zechariah 9.9, the Jewish people, the leaders, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Thy king is coming. Just a week earlier, five days earlier, he's coming to Jerusalem, trying to enter. Oh, surely, this isn't, this couldn't be the, the same one? It talks about, yes, and, and he's, oh, we can't have that. And shall I crucify your king? Verse 15. And it has to be the absolute, has to be one of the top hypocritical statements ever made by any group of people ever alive. In the 15, we have no king but Caesar. You mean the same people who've been trying to get rid of Caesar, who have a, a group of assassins called the Zelotes, who try to kill all the Romans, who hate the Romans, who, who, who stand against, who are going to fight against. This? Wait, we have no king but Caesar. Talk about the lie. I wonder this morning, who is your king? Who is your king? Jews have come back 46, I tell Ms. McClure, I think it's 46.2% of all Jews now are back in Israel. What a wonderful thing. The, the, the plan of the ages is coming forward. I don't think it's going to be too much longer before the Lord comes back. We don't know how long it's going to be, but when he comes back, there's going to be a tribulation. God's plan is, is going to go. Are you on board with that or not? If God's plan is going to be done now, are you going to be part of those who serve him? Live as you want to be remembered in service for God. This week, this past week where I work, a lady came to our office. I, I didn't talk to him, but it's pretty thin walls. And she came unglued against my superior. She, it was, it was, I, I just wanted to, I was afraid to interrupt because as not being a superior person, I would only add to the agitation. I don't know the lady's name. I probably couldn't pick out of the lineup because I only saw her one time briefly. I can remember this one thing. That lady really was wrong. I remember her for one thing. She totally lost it. For not a really good reason. 
What are you going to be remembered for? I wish I could say remembered for Pastor Tim could catch fish with nobody. I can't do that. Pastor Tim loved Diet Mountain Dew. That would be true as well. I want to be remembered as someone that loved God. As someone that served the Lord. And it wasn't just a facade. Lives you want to be remembered. Let's pray. This morning, Lord, we have to thank you for your love and mercy. Although we would quickly say we were not part of that one shouting crucify him, but yet we were. It wasn't my voice, but yes, it was my sin that required you to go to Calvary that we would have redemption. And it was just not my sin. It was a sin of every single person in this room this morning. And the sin of every single person in Kentucky, in Ohio, and in America, across our world, across those who've gone on before, those who will come after us. The sin of man was why you went. Why you spent three hours apart from the Father. You were bearing my sin. And Lord, there's only one way we're ever going to be with you is to have our sin forgiven. And Lord, if there is one person or several who this morning have never decided for you, have never made that commitment, it's not just knowing you're the Savior, they must, it, you must be their Savior. They've never received you as personal Savior. May they come forward this morning. Heavenly Father, work in our hearts and lives. May we respond as you'd have us to respond. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand together, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you stand with me, please? Mm-hmm.